0: Well, excellent. How was your week? Uh, how was my week? Busy, a lot of snow, a lot of uh, wrapping up some internship type stuff, meeting with people to talk about how it went. Um, stuff like that. What about you?
1: Excellent. Yeah, it was, it's been hectic uh, this weekend in particular. So we're recording this on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we just got dumped with about another five, six inches of snow And that's after getting about four to six inches a few days ago. So I posted a picture on Twitter of my driveway after I plowed out. It looks like a little bit like the Death Star Trench.
0: So (laughs) there's... Yeah, you can officially no longer see my mailbox from the front window because the pile of snow has gotten higher. Yes,
1: thank goodness for snowblowers. So Mm -hmm. yeah, got to spend some time with some, some friends I uh, had an odd experience of going to sleep at about 10, 45, 11 on Friday night and waking up mm-hmm. 90 minutes later to watch curling. Mm-hmm. So that was awesome because USA won, so it was very exciting. So I was up till four, then I went back to bed, slept for about three hours, and then just had
0: a full day Saturday. So good times. Right. Yeah, so um, obviously curling is a, is a big part of your life. I don't follow curling at all i'll i'll be completely honest i've watched maybe 15 minutes of of winter olympics coverage total um so how big of a upset was it that uh, the u.s took gold
1: well i think going into the olympics i think usa was kind of thought to be a possible bronze medal contender i think they've Increase their reputation around the world over the last few years of, of being a better performing team. But mm-hmm. they started out pretty poorly in the Olympics, where they started two and four, and there was a lot of uh, consternation about their performance. And then they just went on an incredible streak and just started beating everybody. Pretty amazing. So the guy who skips the team, John Schuster, he's somebody I actually met. A few years ago, one of the curling clubs I played at, I volunteered for – they were doing a dedication for the – to make it the National Olympic training site. Mm -hmm. So one of our senators was there, and a bunch of what I would call curling celebrities were there, Uh, folks who have been on the USA team who have played in Olympics before. And and Schuster was there, and he's Mm -hmm. from Duluth, so he's just a couple hours away. Right. And – You know, there were different speeches. A few uh, local news folks were there, and then afterwards, they had a just kind of a very informal learn to curl for the folks who had gathered for the event. So Mm -hmm. I was, I had been volunteering, and I kind of made my way over to him, and he had given me an impromptu curling lesson, which was pretty cool. I got some pictures taken, and he had his bronze medal from Torino. I think that was the Olympics, uh, because he had won a bronze. I think two thousand six. Right. So, like, he was letting people take a look at that and hold it. So, it was just cool. Like, he seemed like a nice guy. And it's just nice to see USA Curling, which is, like you said, not many people are into it. It's very much a niche sport, niche activity mm-hmm. to get some spotlight for it's kind of 15 minutes slash 48
0: hours of, of fame. Right. I, you know, I, I heard them on local radio and um the impression i got from hearing them talk was that it's a fairly i don't know i got the impression that there's there's a really high level of play at the olympics and that there's just not a whole lot separating you know the team that comes in first and the team that comes in and last is that your impression of it i honestly don't have enough of a john madden breakdown of the different come on you you play this (laughs) all the time where where i was expecting the deep dive on well i think it's a little bit like
1: we were talking about a few (laughs) weeks ago about magic tournaments where when you have a group of high level players and put them into some type of round robin or some type of tournament structure Mm -hmm. someone has to win but that doesn't necessarily mean that if you played it again 10 times that person would win three of those times right You know, even the gold medal game, which I watched live and all the different stats from that game, Sweden actually executed more shots from a percentage standpoint. But Mm -hmm. at just key moments in the match, the American team just made very clutch shots. And some of the misses just opened up a bigger door than when the USA missed and Sweden Mm -hmm. didn't capitalize as much. So Mm -hmm. it's like any other sport. I mean, you can watch a football
0: game, one team could dominate, but they make two mistakes and the other team wins. Uh, right, but at the same time, some, you know, like when the U.S. would bring the basketball dream team to the Olympics, I mean, they were prohibitive favorites. Um, I don't I don't think you know, Sweden
1: yeah. was quite favored that much than, yep. say, the dream team, but I do believe, like, their skip is one of the best players in the world, and right. um, even the commentators were just like he had missed a couple of shots, and they were pretty surprised by like, "Wow, mm-hmm. that's pretty shocking." I think just one through four, the USA players just did a very solid job of not leaving too many open doors to have a to give up a big end where you'd give up a lot of points, and then you get down and you're chasing the whole game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I, I was really excited. And I was I was fast asleep. Yes, <laughs> but I think the growth of that sport, and it's it's likely going to stay something that's very regionalized. But when I moved up from Texas to Minnesota in 2012, there were two, maybe three curling places in the Twin Cities. Right, and now just five years later. There's maybe five or six, and mm-hmm. more being planned. I think, and a lot of those are thriving. Like a lot of people are playing, and I've met people from the Houston Curling Club and Seattle Curling Club, and right there's curling club in Atlanta and all over the place. So it, yeah, it I it's mean growing it seems in popularity like... slowly, but it, it's a fun thing. It's kind of like I compare it to softball, where mm-hmm. yep kind of anyone can go out there and do it but there's a big difference between just like kind of going out and having a good time and being one of these folks who's at the Olympics like
0: right there's a but also, big also similar school. to softball in the sense that you know there's you can definitely have a beer league and just have it be kind of a, a of a fun thing that we're you know you have some pitchers of beer and and curl
1: yeah and that's you know the league I'm in it's a it's a, you know, a fun club. It's certainly people are out there. There's competition, but folks right. are, folks are drinking and there's other clubs where it's more of a serious business. Like the St. Paul curling club, I think is the oldest club in the country. Mm-hmm. Right? Just compare it to like the masters of curling. It's mm-hmm. just, there's all these plaques and stuff on the walls and it has a lot of history and there's leagues, seven days a Sounds week. Sounds boring. And well, even that there's a restaurant up top and you can order beers upstairs, but right. it's a little bit more of uh, folks have been playing there for decades and the leagues are pretty intense and you have some high level play going on. So Right. Yeah. So it was cool to see Carlin like mentioned on not only ESPN but like the NBC nightly news and all this other stuff. Like it's just kinda of fun to see a hobby i've gotten into over the last few years become more prominent it'd be like mm-hmm. if suddenly for you i guess magic the gathering they were talking about it as like one of the opening stories on the nightly news
0: well the way the olympics have been going trying to like you know add sports to bring people in you know magic as an olympic sport might be right around the corner well
1: i, I think esports in general are just like you can watch games of Heroes of the Storm and other stuff on ESPN 2 it's bizarre right yeah well it's huge which I've played that game here and there I just I don't think I have the dexterity and know how to
0: play those games well <laughs> yeah. you're about 20 years late to the right, to the party, to the party.
1: <laughs> so yeah and then I got to play my D&D bard yesterday that was awesome ah uh, yes forgot about that Yes, the stone. Speaking of curling terms, um, yeah, that's name. Of my character is a stone. He has a dog that follows him around named Dirk. Are you going to tell the people
0: where you uh, stole that name from? Uh, well, I stole the naming device from Saga, mm-hmm. uh, which is excellent. Highly recommend it. I've to read anyone the f- that
1: first seven collections I think so far.
0: Yep, I'm behind yep. definitely. I don't think you're very far behind. I thought. If there's one more, that's all there is. I'm looking at them right now as I'm speaking, and I think I've only got. There might be seven there, and then I've got one loaned out to somebody. So, uh, very adult. We should we should mention that since we're giving it a quick shout out. Yes. Uh, if you're going to be offended by nudity, sex, swear words, etc., violence. Um, yes violence <laughs> that too this is america we don't count that as one of those things uh, anyway um you know it it has all those things it's very much also a space opera um it's brian Cavan, uh same person as why the last man paper girls um a lot of really good stuff that's out there um so do highly recommend it and it also gave you a naming device for your bard go ahead yeah, I, I do not have lying dog. It's just a dog.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I kind of right. came up with it. I wanted to play a bard, but have a different instrument than the usual, like, lute or something. Like, I didn't want to create just the guy from Name name of the Wind. So right. I had him be more of a Celtic guy who was carrying around a drum, flute, and bagpipes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you posted a... a picture that you had found that that, is ridiculous sort of what you were hypothesizing and yeah i i hate him already based on that that picture and he's got a (laughs) he's got a little basset hound with that looks like
1: he's armored up (laughs) (laughs) so the person running the game was very kind and said sure you can you know you can have a pet dog whatever and Mm -hmm. um since it was the intro to the adventure we were in a town and i Decided that I was going to try to perform as much as possible to collect some gold and maybe hear some rumors and all that stuff. So my mm-hmm. character was walking down the street playing his bagpipes, and my little dog had a tip tray on his back. And uh, I made some money that way, so that was fun. Well, good.
0: So it was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, again, I would see you post that picture, and now I've got it in my head, and I just – I don't like him. It <laughs> just looks like a kind of a bard bro. Yeah, he's got like long dreads and stuff. Which uh-huh. is, yeah,
1: and then they were, we were laughing because this adventure is going to take us into this pretty dangerous jungle, and like, and she was telling me the the DM that, oh yeah, you know it, it really rains a lot out there, so you should get some weather weatherproof gear. And I joked, I said I should buy a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yep, because
0: exactly. the picture just has a kilt and no shirt. It's just funny. Yeah, that guy, you know. Surfs and listens to the medieval equivalent of Dave Matthew's being
1: he's making music he's making lives better everywhere around mm-hmm. everywhere yeah. around the forgotten realms super long bagpipes solo is that what that guy does you haven't liked any character I've ever come up with.
0: What was your terrible name? Your your your. It was like a fighter or something that you kept. I had. Sometimes for for people that don't know, sometimes Mike will kind of almost live tweet what's going on um, and things. And what, what was his terrible name? Which is
1: another pet peeve of yours.
0: Which is yep. that's we've talked about that a little bit before about the whole idea of mindfulness and
1: if you're going to do one thing, do one thing and don't do seven at the same time. Right. <laughs> but
0: there's there is that. So we're but, playing
1: Grant's game, Blade Raiders. And mm-hmm. in Blade Raiders, there's – one of the classes is kind of a fighter slash ranger type, but it's the only class that can dual wield. So I was like, right. sure, I want to I want to take two attacks each time. That sounds fun. And mm-hmm. um, so his
0: name was Bryce. Oh, yes. Yeah. Bryce. You did not like Bryce. No. <laughs> can we get like a poll? Like how many people <laughs> <laughs> like Bryce just based on the name?
1: And I think I got that name from a hockey player, I think, for whatever. The, when I was creating that character, the Flyers were playing a team, and I think one of the other players named Bryce. I don't know. I don't remember. But Bryce
0: was a death merchant. He killed a lot of monsters. And yep. you so, you were so not impressed. If any listener has like a resource for Mike on good names for characters, <laughs> pass that along. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of good uh, random
1: name generators, but... I'm pretty happy with the the stone. I
0: think that's kind of fun and sort of pretentious. So we're we're gonna get, we're gonna run with it. <laughs> I I at least appreciate the source of your your name uh, mnemonic that you you use there. So, oh, are you ready for it? Here it is. Wow, <laughs> is that a Dr Pepper? Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> Good work. What is it like? One and thirty on Sunday afternoon.
0: <laughs> Approximately, it's past noon. Mike, give me a break. Sure. It's well, it's legal to buy alcohol in Minnesota now on a Sunday. It it is, and the the beer I'm drinking is called Shenanigans. Shenanigans. <laughs> this <laughs> reminds me of Super Troopers. <laughs> Have you seen that? Of course, I've seen Super Troopers. It's
1: been a while. But... Hey, what's the name of that bar downtown?
0: Shenanigans. Ah. <laughs> The sequel is coming out in two months. Yeah, I'm uh, interested to see if it's any good or not. I'm wondering sort if it can recapture magic in a bottle once again. That was yeah. I always worry about things like that, but hopefully it's yeah. entertaining. Right, we shall see. I know this is from a local brewery, indeed. Um, good stuff. Cool. Well, we had kind of teased it a little bit
1: last week that one of the things we talk about is the the growlers in gaming or you know the kind of playing board games and such at a yeah i just gave you an amazing transition i know you didn't you could have done more with that i could have i've had some really challenging segues over the weeks that was an easier one (laughs) right so what do you enjoy about that development that certainly was not an option 15 years ago
0: Yeah, no, I just had brought it up as something that we should discuss at least briefly, because it's kind of, uh, you know, it's another one of those things where, um, for whatever reason, things that were viewed as sort of painfully nerdy, you know, a number of years ago have really broken into the air quotes mainstream. Um, And, you know, there's so many of these um, breweries popping up and. You know, they typically have a tap room that you can go to. And one of the big things there is having games for people to play, which, you know, a lot of times is just kind of pretty standard board games and cribbage and stuff like that that they have available. But increasingly, you see people bringing out um, a lot of the more recent, um, more interesting, in my opinion, tabletop games. Um, And so it's just, it's a phenomenon that I enjoy that um, it is perfectly. acceptable for quote-unquote cool people to be like hey you know w- w- what we should do is we should go to this brewery and you should bring settlers or you should bring you know whatever um and then we were playing games at the at what by you um, i guess what that was like two weeks ago three weeks ago now and we brought our own games and uh one of the main people there stopped by to say that they had just uh, sort of made a deal with a local game place that they're going to pl- supply a lot of um, those types of games, you know, for their patrons to play, which I think is really cool because it's going to introduce more people to um, the idea of playing, you know, Settlers or Carcassonne or anything like that um, instead of playing. Monopoly <laughs> when you're 10X4, or Uno parcheesi yeah when you're when you're at the brewery uh, which I think is great um and great for that industry um, that your particular brewery there actually mentioned that they were also figuring out doing a Magic the Gathering pre-release because they have the you know table space to host a bigger one than the game shop that they're working with does which I think is another really really good idea it's something that I've you know, kind of had rolling around in my head for a while. Um, I think probably 10 or so years ago, I read about a place. I think it it was Canadian for sure. I think it was Montreal, but it was a bar and game store um, that, you know, specialized in in magic. And I was just thinking, like, that's something that, you know, adults need a little bit more of is combining those kinds of things. So in a way, that's kind of what we're getting with all these breweries that are kind of looking for different ways to stand apart and, and bring people in. I feel like if I could if I could like write
1: your perfect job description, yeah there would be a hobby primarily magic shop mm-hmm. during the day combined with like a distillery going <laughs> on. Yeah. kind of similar to a brewery but then at night it'd be more of a club there'd be live music and you, mm-hmm. would, you would just be the manager/ slash salesman.
0: Slash yep. performer, right? And yeah, I uh, and this would be your thing. I recently brought up if you know you could do a record store and right. liquor That's the thing
1: store. I'm missing.
0: Yeah, yeah, have albums in there, right? Um, and and for I'll, I don't even remember when well, a long time ago I have and here I am giving away ideas again that somebody's just going to take and and run with instead of me getting to do it. But I, I wanted to have. Uh, a bar slash club with a name something along the lines of worlds colliding and i was envisioning like a huge bar in the middle and then like four quadrants of sort of different types of things so that one quadrant could be kind of like a dance club one quadrant could have like you know video gaming one quadrant could have you know did just different things, and then all the people that were in those quadrants have to sort of meet at the bar to get their drinks and and mingle and of course, you could go to different areas. You don't have to just be in one for the night, and but you just play that Power
1: man five thousand when world's collide song twenty four hours a day.
0: <laughs> I, guess, I certainly hope not, but um but yeah, I own that album. You know, it's you know, it was that time where I would just buy things that I probably didn't need to buy, yeah, I remember their their one song but that's that's basically it for for them so i think you'd have to have maybe like a sports quadrant yeah and that's probably one of the one of the quadrants that i would have proposed because you know i do i do like to watch me some sports ball too i'm gonna say sports ball every show just to make you mad oh well whatever (laughs) (laughs) um but anyway we've we've kind of uh Gone afield a little bit on just the the basic idea of you know breweries and, well, and tabletop I, games. I think there there are some games that are more effective in that realm
1: than others. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I think something like Catan, it's pretty straightforward. I think you can do do that. The game we played was Dominion, mm-hmm. and I think that mostly works. You just have to have a clean table and there's a lot of cards. So it gets a little complex and (laughs) there was some there was some skirting of rules that (laughs) there was some shenanigans. That may or may not have happened. (laughs) Um we need we needed a rule interpreter. Um, Right. It did seem like there was a lot going on with one player like, wow, you're really far ahead and then realize like, oh, you're playing the game differently than we are. But it was still fun. Right.
0: We had a good time. Right, and part of this was for people that hadn't done this that much getting together and sort of learning slash relearning the rules. Um, whereas if this is something you do more regularly um, with people that know the rules, like things like that yeah. will be less of an issue. And I would also say like, I, I mean, there's different kinds of people that play games, right? Like Some people play to win, and that's what matters to them. But... That is generally not how I approach games. I'm usually approaching them as much from the standpoint of just like the social aspect of like a thing to do that's kind of fun. But Um, with
1: the brewery, it does make like if you're not familiar with the game, it makes it harder to lock in because it's hard to hear. People are distracted. It's it's different than if you're just at a friend's house. Be like, okay, we're going to open this box, read the rules, and play. Having
0: a game you're familiar with is easier for sure. But you. You can't you know, impress the ladies with your sweet Dominion skills uh, you know, at the kitchen table. So.
1: How many Villages and Festivals can I play in one turn? <laughs> ladies, check this turn out. Village. Oh, I hate the village. <laughs> I mean, that game is more or less solitaire. There's a few cards where you interact with other players, but for the most part, it's just you're trying to build your deck and what everyone else do it.
0: Well... Is a, That's probably a, a little unfair just because there's a bunch of expansions and even um, with the cards that I brought, we were playing the most basic version that is purposely not trying to have there be a ton of interaction to make things that much more confusing. So right. you can certainly build um, a much more interactive version of the game because the way Dominion works is you always have a lot more categories of cards than you're using and so which of those you choose um changes the game pretty yeah. significantly so no,
1: we had fun with that we played quite a bit in mm-hmm. gen con
0: uh, years ago we had a good time yeah yep and i and you know because i live to troll you you know just taking every village i can get and playing 15 cards in one turn is what i live for in that game so. yes well
1: <laughs> if i'm not going to win at least i can upset my friend that's kind of what it it is down to <laughs> <laughs> right which uh it's kind of the inverse of me creating DD characters with names that you're just going to shake your head at.
0: <laughs> you don't specifically do that no, to annoy me it's just, it's just a byproduct it's just,
1: it's just you know a benefit that comes naturally <laughs> right
0: i wonder what
1: do you think needs to happen for that the whole brewery kind of combination of breweries and nerds to it, has it already reached its apex or does something else need to happen well or would it be
0: or think, going any higher with that combination would it be a bad thing i think that the brewery thing has reached its apex in fact i cuz because i really enjoy them and enjoy going to different ones like i i worry about how soon the bubble is going to burst on this idea although i have to say like You know, I've been going to places around town quite a bit, and I'm always shocked by, like, on a random, like, Wednesday or, like, Sunday afternoon, like, how many people are in these things. So, you know, maybe it's just kind of a... A thing that's going to be around for a while because people have taken to it. But anyway, I feel like the brewery thing has gotten pretty saturated, and you know, especially here, and I'm sure in a lot of you know bigger, more urban areas. But I, I do think that the the nerd part of it can certainly be expanded on a ton, still, um, because you know, as we said, like most breweries just tend to have, you know, really basic games that people grew up with instead of the games that, you know, I enjoy playing now that I think are just more interesting and have better strategy and whatnot. Um, And so that, you know, your brewery down there talking about it was, you know, one of the few like that, that I've heard that's, you know, you can always bring your own games and that's welcomed and, and whatnot, but to actually have those games there is a step forward. And I do think a lot of places are going to be looking for what sort of sets them apart and keeps people coming back um, because there are so many of those breweries. And I definitely think reeling in that nerd, quote unquote, I, I say that in the nicest, most loving way. you know consider myself to be one way you feel like Um, you're in the in group (laughs) but you know to bring in that you know that group of people that um you know maybe would prefer um a lot of friday and saturday nights just to kind of do what you said to like go to somebody's house where it's you know, you can hear each other and, and whatnot to play. Um, but to, you know, reel those groups into like, oh, here's like a thing where we can get out and try some new really good beers and maybe run into some like minded people and, you know, just kind of again, like th- that more social aspect of things, which, you know, I know is not why everybody plays these games, but I do think it's why a lot of us. Um, you know, pick them up is because it's it's another thing that you have to get together in person with people to do. Um, so, anyway, um, you know, I definitely think that the the nerd aspect of it still has a lot of room to grow at these places.
1: I feel like when we were going through graduate school together in late '90s, early 2000, mm-hmm. that this type of thing when it happened was happening at coffee shops like little independent coffee shops and people would maybe be playing board games in there. I'm not a big coffee drinker, but that's like I, where I would imagine this sort of thing was happening before it happened to breweries.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure it did. Like I've never been a giant coffee shop person myself. I mean, I enjoy coffee. I go to coffee shops occasionally, but so much of what's going on at coffee shops is people kind of doing quiet things. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're doing their work and stuff. So they're writing their they novel. Like, yeah, to have like a rowdy group of gamers come in and be like laughing and carrying on, I you know feels like it would not have gone over that well. At all. But I'm I'm sure people did get together to do it sometimes at, at coffee shops. But uh, I feel like this setting just works a lot better for people that want to you know kind of play games and have fun and joke around because you you don't feel like you're disturbing the guy that's you know working on his thesis the next table over. <laughs> right.
1: So yeah, one of the things about breweries that you know, I, I rarely drink light beer or anything anymore like I did when I was like, mm-hmm. way younger. Right. Not, I don't know if it's necessarily a pet peeve, but most of the beers are just really strong. They have a pretty high alcohol content and it cuts down mm-hmm. on the, well, let me try one more beer. That's usually I, I, I tend to
0: have one or two and that's pretty much it. Well, two things. One, like it does vary from, like, I'm looking at this one that I'm drinking right now, which is 5%. Like, it's a pretty re- standard beer. That's reasonable, yeah. Beer. yeah. Um, and two, like, most of them you can get flights, and that's kind of what that's there for, right? Is if you want to have smaller amounts and try a bunch of different things. So, you know, just quit ordering pints and get a flight if you want to try a bunch of stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, that sounds like much too reasonable of an answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't want solutions. <laughs> okay, sorry. No, continue with your with your bemoaning. No,
1: no, that's a good that's a good point. <laughs> but I think in general, just the, and maybe because it's actually has like flavor and character, and it's not just yellow water. Um, mm-hmm. the alcohol content is higher. But I'm a I'm a mm-hmm.
0: lightweight these days. I need to be careful. Right, and part of it is um, the general fascination among these kinds of beer drinkers with um, IPAs right now, which tend to be a higher alcohol content. So when that fad starts to tail off, you'll probably see a lot more with more – I mean there's plenty of others that can have a high – alcohol content due to the brewing process or just purposely making ones that get, you know that's appealing to some people um, are you an ipa but, bro no I'm, I'm really not actually I'm, I, I, but again this is why you should go to places and get um flights and see what things are like because you know be, the with all the different things that can go into making a beer there's two different things called an ipa can just be worlds apart so i've actually encountered a couple of different ones recently that i enjoy a lot even though i in general i don't i don't really like the the really 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 hoppy beers that's just not my preferred flavor notes if you will but um but I've had a couple that were not like that at all, even though they were technically IPA. So again, why you should get those uh, flights and try something that you maybe wouldn't usually get because it's you know four ounces or whatever. If you hate it, then you know you can give it to a friend.
1: Yeah, the IPAs I'm not the hugest fan of. The other beer that I just I can't seem to get on board with. My wife loves them, but the saison beers, mm. it just doesn't hit me the right way
0: those i could do without but i'm sure there's some good ones out there yeah I, I undoubtedly there are like you know i've had a couple of things like that recently that were generally something that i would not have tried but because the place i was at said oh like you know the, this is one of our best beers you've got to try it i was like okay and and was pleasantly surprised even though based on the type and description of beer, it was not one that I would have ordered. So I tend to like port. I tend to like the darker beers like porters and that type of thing. Usually on board with that kind of stuff, which, you know, pretty much every place is going to have something like that. So. And a lot of them are eight to 10% alcohol. <laughs> yeah. When it happens to be the Imperial stout, you probably need to really sip on that one, but yeah, there's the, well, you were mentioning
1: the place where we were playing board games a few weeks ago is, uh, bald man brewing shout out to bald mm-hmm. man brewing and they yep. have a couple of beers i like but it's the kind of thing where some of them it's like you can have one and not because of the alcohol content but just the the flavor of it it's almost like mm-hmm. not something that you can just drink a ton of so they have mm-hmm. one beer hazy shade of winter which i think is a brown ale and it almost mm-hmm. tastes like candy mm-hmm. it tastes like a christmas beer it, mm-hmm. um, it's not a shandy by any means, but it's um, it's got a good f- flavor and it just is something where I think you can have one or two. I think if you were to have a bunch of them, it would maybe give me a headache for besides the obvious reasons of getting a headache <laughs> from drinking too much. The, right. the other one, I think they have a cherry wheat beer, which is really good, but it's one of those things where mm-hmm. it's like you have one and it's like, okay, I, I think this flavor is pretty intense and I like it, but I don't know if I need – another pint of it. So again, your flight comment really yep.
0: makes yep. sense. And we're just going to have to edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in some, in some ways that's why I think these places are a good place for gamers to go to and just kind of hang out, which is, you know, it's not a place that you really want to go to and try to, you know, get wreck throw back yeah. eight pitchers of beer um, because they are strong and they're you know a little more pricey and the atmosphere is much more about just kind of enjoying the beer and you know relaxed and nobody's going to be pressuring you to like you know keep ordering another round of drinks like which you know, Long often Island be the case. or anything like that or switch to Long Island <laughs> uh, if you're just that you know the the. Club du jour, taking up a table like there's usually a waitress that's kind of bugging you, and you know, that's just not the vibe at these at these places. So.
1: Yeah, it definitely lends itself to doing other hobbies within the
0: brewery, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep, or, or bringing your dog at a lot of them, bringing your kids to a, a lot of them. Um, yeah, well, he, Hugo's been so. an involved, man,
1: quite a bit, especially before right before he was mobile when he was just hanging out in his car seat and napping or eating yeah he he would
0: we would be in there actually for a little while but now he's he's not going to tolerate that well you know you're at kind of the the low point and then things will start to pick up where he'll be able to do more stuff like that as time goes by i mean my son is a lot older but you know he's hitting quite a few breweries with me um sometimes there's video games uh, you know there's as we already discussed, there's tabletop games to play. They usually have root beer and stuff. You can usually get food from nearby restaurants or whatever. So, you know, it can be a pretty um, kid-friendly atmosphere um, as far as these things go. I mean, again, if you're a teetotaler and don't drink at all, probably not your thing. But, um, you know, as long as you're not going to be whatever about your child seeing you, you know, responsibly consume a beer, they they tend to be um, pretty kid-friendly overall. So.
1: And uh, some of them have kitchens or food trucks, which is usually good times.
0: Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, I love a good food truck. That was my th- one of the things I was most excited about when we did go to Gen Con. Was that I think that was the first or second year that they were doing the food truck thing? Yeah, um, they have way. up outside. Yeah. Yep, yeah, and it was you know much expanded from whatever had been there previously, um, and so that was a really fun thing too. Instead of getting stuck with the you know, convention hall food, which is usually average at best, Um, getting to go out there and try lots of different good food trucks. And just the food truck thing in general is just a a great idea. Um, Makes me very happy. So I hope that's not a bubble that's going to burst as well because, you know, here's here's what I think it is about food trucks, very briefly, is um, I feel like most restaurants tend to have – a handful of things maybe only one or two that they do really really well like almost any restaurant that decided to actually open has one or two things that they do really well but they always feel the need to have big menus and so um often what that is gets lost in the shuffle if you don't ask and or their server doesn't know what to recommend um and food trucks because of the inherent nature of them they tend to boil it down i think to the one or two things that they do really well and so it just on average tends to be a better experience because you're you're getting that um and a lot of times it's really fun really interesting food and usually pretty cheap as well so how can you do a gaming food truck <laughs> yeah. uh you mean a food truck that also has games or or again you know mashing together talked about like
1: you know breweries and gaming that all fits I don't think the brewery I don't think the food truck gaming thing has really been a connection yet I
0: don't know if that's possible or if it's even worthwhile to to ponder <laughs> well, I mean, it is in the sense of that they're always at breweries, but other than that, you know, I, I, once again as somebody that's always kind of thinking about these things, I did ponder briefly, like, could I have like a Magic the Gathering truck that shows up at, um, you know, big events and is parked near the event thing and selling singles. Um, like one window is selling they, singles, the other one is like, hey, do you want a burrito? <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't going to try to do food at all. I was just going to have a mobile magic together. Because there's, there's other ones of these kind of mobile stores are out there. Um, like I know Third Man Records, which is um, Jack White's um, record thing. They had like a mobile truck for a while that would show up and do like pop-up um, sales and stuff in different towns. And um, there's ones that do like uniforms that come out to, you know, like a hospital. And you can go get new cool scrubs or whatever so I, you know I was pondering could i do this as like a gaming thing i think the short answer there at least in regards to magic is no because um at those big events vendors pay huge sums of money to have tables there <laughs> so they're they're not going to take kindly to somebody underselling them a block away i suspect that if you started to try to do that you would find that the police would show up and want to know if you had credentials to be there and whatnot and chase you off because the event people would really not appreciate. Well, that it, is so. the not to get too far into civics, but that's – I don't even know if that's the third word.
1: But I know the city of Minneapolis – I don't know if there's new regulations or frustration with food trucks at lunchtime just showing up downtown, and mm-hmm. they're not – they're not paying taxes. They're not paying rent, and they're taking business away from all the places that are established down there, paying taxes and like paying rent and all that. And people from office buildings would just go out, order food from the food trucks, and then food trucks would leave. And it's kind of not the greatest system for the city, in some ways. Like I don't know. I think that's a complicated issue. I mean, I, I assume they do pay taxes. Well, regular taxes. I mean, but they're, they're not paying property yeah, not taxes, paying, but they're paying sales taxes. Property taxes, taxes, liquor sure. taxes or whatever, but yeah. yeah. So it gets a little complicated.
0: Everything always does, but at the same time, like to me, they're, they're kind of different things because if you are going to walk over to a restaurant, it's probably going to be you and several of your coworkers. You're going to go sit down, have a meal, spend some time talking. And where the food trucks, I think, are filling a need is that it's good food that is – being brought close by to where you are when you would have walked to say, you know, McDonald's, because that's all you have time for. Now there's like really good tacos that you can go and get instead. So I personally see it as a win. Um, but you know, I'm sure there are some downsides. Um, but I, I I always kind of feel like when local businesses complain about that kind of stuff that, you know, it's one thing when Walmart moves in and it like closes all the local shops and a in, like, a downtown of a small town. That's kind of sad and unfortunate for a lot of reasons, I think. But, you know, if your restaurant is not pulling in the lunch crowd um, and the food truck is, I I think that's kind of how these things work, and you got to figure out what to do to to get people back in the door. No sympathy from... Chris Benefield. I mean, I, mean, I love a, a really good sit-down restaurant, and, you know, if I'm working downtown and there's good ones nearby, I'm going to want to go there as often as, you know, it's financially possible. So, <laughs> so um, I, you know, I think both have their place, and um, whenever people are doing their craft well, um, people are going to show up. Yeah. Now, I, I like food trucks. When we were living in Houston, we left –
1: 2012 so i think the mm-hmm. food truck thing was just beginning to really become way more popular where you could follow the food truck on twitter and it would it would tweet out like hey we're going to be here and people would like go race to different places but i'm in the burbs now so there's not really a food truck scene other than when our town has in the summer
0: i think they have a festival and a bunch of food trucks pull in but um yeah. There's going to be so many of them though that they pop up in places that I wasn't expecting them. Like I know um, my son and I made the drive to Wisconsin to get fireworks for Fourth of July. Um, there are, there are fireworks for sale in Minnesota, but they are highly regulated in terms of which ones they can sell, a.k.a. they're they're the boring ones. So we made the drive to Wisconsin to get fireworks. And at this fireworks place, because it's near 4th of July, a lot of people do this, there was a really good food truck set up there. So it was my lucky day. Nice.
1: Yeah, the, the thing that I hear locally, we have a local hardware store, and there's always – I swear, like, every other weekend, there's either Boy Scouts or a cheerleading team or somebody selling hot dogs and brats, like, and it's mm. just down the street. So anytime I'm driving around the neighborhood, it's like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll eat a brat. Why not? Right. It's exactly. a food truck, but just more parents grilling outside of their – in a parking lot to raise money for their kids. Yeah. Oh, good times.
0: So mm-hmm. before we end up here, what is on your turntable? That was something that we wanted uh, to – Ah, yes. Yes what is on my turntable? So if there, if you're going to do, cause I have a lot of records as people have probably gathered, but if I, you have any like leather the, bound
1: books as well, <laughs> <laughs> right. if, I got a lot of records.
0: I'm just saying I got a lot. If there is going to be like the most likely record for there to be on my turntable, this is probably it. So it's good to get this one out of the way. Um, and it's, it's a good one. Um, Have you ever watched Freaks and Geeks? I have not, and I'm sure it would be right up my alley. I just have not seen it. Yeah, you absolutely should. And uh, there only ended up being one season, and um, what was sort of supposed to be the – Cliffhanger—that's not even the right word because it's not that dramatic of a thing. But in the last episode, the the main female character is just kind of doing some soul searching and trying to figure things out. And the um, school counselor, guidance counselor character, who's an awesome character, um, tells her that one of the things that he does if he's in a bad mood is to listen to this record, which is American Beauty by The Grateful Dead. And if you think of the Grateful Dead as being like, you know, 15, 20 minute jam songs, um, that's this is early, early dead. That's not what they were at this time. Um, They're much more part of the genesis of like the whole almost country rock um, scene. Um, And none of the songs are 20 minutes long. um, And it is just. A great record, um, and it is on my turntable frequently for that reason. Uh, this is Box of Rain that is hopefully at least slightly in the background. Try not to blow people out with it. But uh, on American Beauty, Friend of the Devil, which is on like FM rock radio pretty often, is on that. Um, I think I believe Truckin' is is on that record as well. We're not listening to my record. That's in a different space and would be awkward to try to play it without there being a a ton of noise going on around us so So yeah that is what is on my turntable today, right now my first introduction to the Grateful Ted was through MTV with the Touch Touch of of Grey video yeah Yeah, and I think for people even our age, that is kind of what they tend to think about when you think Grateful Dead, is you remember that Touch of Grey video with the skeleton thing? It was kind of a groundbreaking video in the time. And then by the time we were probably more aware of music, they were much more of that touring stadiums, people follow the dead around, they were kind of the... They were, they were a meme before memes existed. Right, I mean they were the, you know, the genesis of really the, I mean, I guess the Almond Brothers are maybe kind of the original jam band, but, you know, in terms of like, selling out shows and like, not getting much of any radio play and doing like 20 minute long jam songs, they were kind of, you know <laughs> the original when it comes to that, and people following you around and going to 30 of your shows or making a lifestyle out of just following you around and selling t-shirts or whatever the case may be and so you know there are kind of a lot of jokes that that, that come with that um, and maybe for a lot of people are Our Agent Younger just kind of a dismissing of them as a um, musical force and I do encourage those people go back and find um, this record or Working Man's Dead because that's a completely different band at that point not that they didn't do great songs later on too but just um, it's probably not what you are necessarily thinking of when you think Grateful Dead if, if you're our atrium. That's a dumb
1: question but are most of them still alive
0: um um, well, obviously Jerry Garcia, who's both singing and playing the guitar, is not with us it, I thought. for since since 1994 or five or so. Um, so I that didn't realize he died that kind morning. of. Yeah, yeah, that kind of ended the dead for all intents and purposes. Um, but the rest of or a lot of the rest of the band have continued to tour and. You know, we'll have projects with different names, but still sort of similar ideas and covering some of the dad songs. I know they did a pretty big deal um, a couple of years ago, maybe now with um, John Mayer taking over singing and playing the guitar. I don't particularly enjoy his music at all, but he is a really, really good guitar player. Um, And so they kind of did this like... Almost like a dead farewell tour, but with him kind of playing the Jerry Garcia role. So, you know, um, several of the other musicians, Bob Weir being the biggest one, are still out there doing stuff. But, like a lot of guys from that era, they are they're getting up there. So, so yeah, that's what's on Chris's turntable this week: American Beauty by the Grateful Dead. Very cool.
1: Well, that sounded enjoyable. I don't, I haven't don't, yeah, listened to that. I haven't listened to many Grateful Dead albums. I think yeah, I've heard different yeah. songs here and there and, but never made a point yeah. to just like recently. Well, within the last couple of years, I just made a point, especially when I was driving more often, like I love Queen, but I never really li- listened to their albums. So I just made a point of like, I need to be a more educated fan of Queen and started listening to their records, um, which I th- don't know if people do that much these days.
0: Uh, No, but they should. Yeah, that's kind of my (laughs) gist. And, and you know, I think um, way back when, when we talked about, like, how people consume music and find music and whatnot and if people still care about new music and those kinds of topics, um, you know, I think one of the things I talked about is, like – there's kind of music for every kind of mood and whatever that I'm doing for me and that record is one that's like it's very mellow overall so it fits really well for like you're just kind of hanging out and want something that kind of puts you in a happy place or like just kind of hanging out, talking to people and whatnot. Like it is not, you know, whereas Queen, like, you know, Freddie Mercury is kind of in your face on a lot of those songs, right? Like Queen sort of demands that you sort of sit there and listen to it and and appreciate it. It's um, helpful if you're being maybe,
1: mindful to to a Queen album.
0: <laughs> right. Or you're in a stadium singing along with, you know, we will rock you or we are the champ, you know, like it's much more like, in your face, this is what we're doing right now, is we're listening to Queen. Um, Whereas that record, while you can certainly sit there and listen to it, and there's a lot of really... um, I I know I've heard musicians complain, actually, about The Grateful Dead, because they just do a lot of really weird timing things, that if you are trying to sit down and like learn their songs or write them out as tablature... I I know the guys that had to do the um, guitar playing and stuff for... um, the rock band and guitar hero games used to complain about the dad that they were just kind of the worst to try to transcribe because people sort of don't think it's that hard and then when you sit down and like listen to it that it's actually amazingly complex some of the weird timing stuff that they do and whatnot yeah. so anyway just a tangent but you
1: are listening to a musical theory podcast on when we're not recording so it sounds like it's bleeding over into your interest
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i i do enjoy all these little bits of minutiae and nuts and bolts about music but my point was is that yeah you can sit down and listen to a record like that and for like i'm going to really focus on this and be mindful but it also makes great just sort of happy place music that was what the point of the school counselors was in that um show was like this is just something that i have a hard time putting on and continuing yeah. to be in a bad mood it has that vibe to it
1: well it's a good mental health tip to end the day on go listen to some music listen to it mindfully and just you know pay attention and enjoy it rather than listening to music playing a game talking to somebody or doing three other things at once so <laughs>
0: spoken from the oh, master it's, it's i'm so bad it's such a <laughs> it's, it's a lifelong process um, <laughs> you have made strides I'm working on it yes we can see some differences yeah.
1: so yeah Good talking to you with you. I'm going to – speaking of curling, I have to go run to a curling match myself, um, mm-hmm. makeup game today. So I um, will be within a half hour or so on a sheet of ice curling. So everybody awesome. have a good week, and Chris and I will plan on recording again in the near future and hopefully have another show out next week. Absolutely. Cool. So if you want to find us, I'm on Twitter at the Id dm. And Chris,
0: where can they find you? And I am GeekZinga, all one word, GeekZinga, on Twitter. Excellent. So until next time, everyone take care of yourselves.